Amen. Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, worship team. Uh, we are officially in the second Sunday of Lent, uh, starting this Sunday, and we launched a new worship series called Letting Go, Going Deeper, and we want to grow by adopting some spiritual disciplines for our lives. And uh, we really wanted this series to be much more practical, right, in its, in its teaching, but also in its application. And the reason why is that the Lenten season is a, a time where we inventory our time, right? We consider the ways that we spend our time, but we also are intentional about considering the ways in which we spend our time with God. And so what does our commitment with God look like? Does it, does it look like we want it to? Can we create space? Can we create margin in our lives so that we can be more committed to God and that we can grow in our connection with God? And so how do we do that? We do that through spiritual disciplines. And so the letting go, right? The, the creating space or creating margin in our lives in order to go deeper, to adopt some spiritual disciplines, ways that we can connect and grow deeply with God. And so when we think about this and we consider just the posture that we are called to have as followers of Jesus Christ, God desires us uh, and broken people to, to be willing to be drawn closer to God. God simply desires God's people, yes, us, even broken people, who are willing to be drawn closer to God. It's, a, it's acknowledging the brokenness in our lives. It's acknowledging our messiness in our lives. But there's this deep desire that, that we want to turn toward God. And one way we can do that, we talked about last week, is through solitude, right? Solitude, putting ourselves in a posture of silence, right, can really help us uh, to listen to as well as follow God. Solitude as a spiritual discipline can help us become much more aware of maybe some of the anxieties in our lives, right? Some of those pressure in our lives and, and without maybe even realizing, without being aware of it, we recognize that those, that those anxieties, those pressures that we all face in our lives, those drive a lot of our behavior, how we respond to them, how we treat other people, right? And so it can bring us uh, some awareness to that, that we, we, we behave in ways that we didn't even realize were rooted in anxiety or, or worry, right? And, but much more than that, solitude, the spiritual discipline of solitude, solitude with God, being in God's presence, it helps us become aware that much more of God's voice. And we can therefore be attentive to God's voice and it also brings us an awareness to the needs of others. We can be attentive to God, and, and God reveals the needs of other people around us that, that we can step up and meet. And so this is a great uh, opportunity because we have the, the, the chance to see that our lives are filled with so many more moments where we can, can see opportunities in our lives in order to serve others. Once we become aware of God's voice and when we become aware of the needs of others. And so service as a spiritual discipline, serving other people, it can be that. It can be a way to connect with God and also connect with other people. And what service really does, it really helps put to work that which we've heard from God. 
Does that make sense? That which we've heard from God, that which God has called us to do, we, we put that into action. We put that into to work it, like we just sung about in the song right before the message. It makes our faith real. It makes our faith alive as we hear God speak, but then we're motivated to serve those that, that we might have overlooked, the people that we've ignored, or maybe we just thought we're, th- this whole situation right now is just far too inconvenient with what I have going on in my life, right? I can confess to that. It makes our faith real. It makes our faith alive, even in the midst uh, of the ways that we perceive uh, the, the needs that are in front of us. And what Jesus does throughout his ministry, and that we have witness in the Gospels, is that Jesus models service. He models sacrificial service. He continually puts other people before himself, even at his own risk, right? Even uh, by, by putting his life in danger at times. And, and the reason that he does this is, is because he, he values what God values. Above all else, he values people. And to care for people, to love people above all things. And as a result, it compels him to be absolutely relentless in his acts of service. As he embodies the love of God for Jesus, the the need to serve others was more compelling than the need to serve himself. I'm going to say that one more time. The need to serve others was more compelling than the need for Jesus to serve himself, right? And that's the, the posture that we're all growing in, right? We're, we're trying to learn and behave and be like Jesus was for everyone, right? And, we, and we'll be able to see that clearly in our passage this morning. We'll be reading uh, from the Gospel of Luke. But Jesus, he is continuing to teach the goodness of God, but he's also embodying it. He's living it out daily in the face of threats, danger, risk, to his own well-being. And so we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35 in the New Testament. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up. If you have smartphones, you can do that too. Um, and if you don't have a Bible, know that we have free Bibles that we can give to you. They're great uh, starting Bibles so that you can uh, grow in your spiritual discipline of reading God's Word uh, daily. And so any and all options are, are fine. We won't judge you for pulling out your phone <laughs> and that sort of thing. But you can follow along uh, with us at Luke chapter 13, 31 through 35. It's between Mark and John. And so this is what it has to say. This is what Jesus uh, was going through. It says, at that time, some Pharisees approached Jesus and said, go, get away from here because Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus said to them, go tell that fox, look, I'm throwing out demons and and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will complete my work. However, it's necessary for me to travel today and tomorrow and the next day because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you, how often have I wanted to gather your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you didn't want that. Look, your house is abandoned. I tell you, you won't see me until the time comes when you say, blessings on the one who comes in the Lord's name. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. And everyone said, 
Thanks be to God. Amen. So that's a little bit of like an intense passage, right? Like what's going on with Jesus in this moment? He seems to be real heated about the, the things that are going on uh, in, in front of him. And, and so Jesus, he's kind of throwing some heat. He's throwing some shade on not just Herod, right? He calls him a fox, right? This crafty guy that's out to get him. But he's also throwing some shade on the Pharisees and the religious leaders, right? And he points out this issue that has, has uh, been a long-standing issue in, in the history of the Israelites in, the, in, the, uh, in Jerusalem. He's, he's telling them that, that there are people that I've sent to you in order to, to help you turn back towards God because God still wants to be in that covenant relationship. He's going to fulfill the promise with you and you keep rejecting him. You keep rejecting him. And so Jesus is like, you know, I, I'm going to keep working. I'm not scared of Herod. But you know what? I have to keep moving, right? And, and, and the reason why is like I, I, I can avoid danger if I just keep moving, right? And so he's telling them that, that it's easier for him to do the work that God has called him to do by simply being outside of Jerusalem. And Jesus, I think, is really frustrated. He's really fed up with anyone, especially these religious leaders, claiming to know God's heart, but not living God's heart. Because for Jesus, again, the need to serve others is so much more compelling than the need to serve himself. And what Jesus says is, he says, while y'all are, are busy, Worrying about whatever it is that you're worrying about. Worrying about yourselves. I'm busy worrying about the people that need healing, that need hope, and that they need redemption. They need these things. And I'm going to complete my work until it is done. And this is the awesome thing is that as followers of Jesus, we participate in that completion we are the ones that help carry out that work and embody this love of God that seeks to, to offer hope, healing, and redemption to everyone. We get to do that and continue that work until it's made complete, until it's made complete for the whole world. That's why as the United Methodist Church, our mission is to, is to have people grow in relationship with Jesus, right? And they do this when they're connected with Jesus, they, they're transformed, they're transformed and the world becomes transformed. That's why we want to connect our community to Jesus to transform lives. But this is a big idea, right? Like Jesus is starting this work and, and, and now as his followers, we're, we're invited to carry it out. And, and we begin to be confronted with this idea that can this actually happen? Right? Considering about what's been going on just in this one week alone. God, can it, can it really happen? Can, can hope, healing, and, and redemption be made complete? It, it seems impossible. It seems too far away. It, it seems out of reach, especially in today's world. And maybe that's especially true for anyone's own world that you're living right now. In your personal lives, these things feel out of reach. But God... In heaven, the, the kingdom of God seems so far away, out of reach, until, until heaven and God came down to us. It came down to us through Jesus Christ. When we could not reach God, God reached out to us through his son, Jesus. Jesus 
has said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will make your burdens light. I will make them light. And so we, we have th- these pains, these wounds, these burdens in our life, and yet, yet we're invited to, to come to the feet of Jesus, and, and Jesus reaches out toward us and closes that gap. And so that's our role as followers of Jesus, is to model what Jesus model, it did for us, right? It's to reach out to others when they feel lost or when they feel confused, when they feel hopeless, and when they're confronted with this same idea that God's hope and healing and redemption, it's just too far out of reach. And so the amazing thing that happens is that when we show up, when we show up in response to God's heart and in response to the needs of others, we make heaven real. We bring heaven that much closer and that much more complete. Do you see how that that works when we open ourselves in that way and we, we put ourselves in that position to serve others and so this, this is what's at stake when we are too busy worrying about ourselves and instead attempt to, with God's grace and with God's help, to open up, to create room in our lives and to begin to pay attention to the needs of others. We cannot complete the work that Jesus started and that Jesus calls us to complete it if we're so focused on ourselves. I believe that there's many of us here. Who here is, is desperate for a tangible expression of God's love, right? I would say many of us, even many of us, those of us that, that call us followers of Jesus, we, we still crave, we, we've experienced God's love through Jesus Christ, and we still crave a deeper connection with God to know that God is real, That God continues to be with us every step of our life, every step of our journey of faith. And so imagine what it's like for those that don't know, that don't yet have that relationship with God or with Jesus. Imagine what it's like for the people that that don't have the hope and healing and redemption that we have, right? Maybe for some of us that are are newer to the faith, we, we remember what it was like to feel lost and alone and and what a blessing it is to be found to be welcomed into the family of God to be known deeply known and loved just as we are but called so much higher as a follower of Jesus people in this world are desperate for a tangible expression of God's love and not just talk about it right that's what Jesus was getting fed up by He's like, I'm going to continue to put the words of God into action. I'm going to embody the word of God, which which calls all people to be in loving relationship. And I'm going to live that out. And I'm not just going to talk about it. When somebody notices, simply notices about what's going on in your life, isn't that such a blessing? And somehow we, we try to put all... We try to put up all of these fronts, right? Oh, everything's great, everything's fine, everything's good. But someone is able to perceive, someone's able to notice and to say, hey, something looks 
looks like something's troubling you or, or something difficult must be going on in your life. And, and, you know, even when someone makes that kind of remark, makes that kind of observation, we still might respond and say, oh, no, everything's fine. But sometimes it's just so nice that someone noticed, right? And when we keep noticing that there's some needs that we all have and that we seek to, to have met, even just noticing in that moment, it might not solve the issue, but it makes facing that issue seem a whole lot easier. It makes it so much less isolating or lonely. And I would say it brings us a little bit of hope. It brings us a little bit of hope. And I want you all to see that connection this morning. How even a, a small act of service, this idea of, of simply noticing what people are going through, something small can, can be used to lift a, a big burden, right? And so I, I think what we're encouraged to do this morning and as we attempt to, to walk this out, live this out in the season of Lent and beyond, I want you to know that, that Jesus stretches us to choose compassion over comfort. Jesus stretches us to, to serve rather than ourself, right? Jesus stretches us to choose compassion over comfort and service over self. Now, I'm not telling you to just go find the most dangerous thing and, and go after it, right? But I think when we, when we earnestly follow God, we have to grow outside of that, that comfort zone. What's comfortable usually is serving ourselves, right? We feel good about what we're doing in this safe space. But again, we're like Jesus being molded in the image of, of Jesus Christ. And we begin to realize that, that our compulsion is no longer about serving ourselves. It's about serving other people. And, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up from my issues. And, and I'm going to trust God with those and trust that the, the church that loves me is going to support me as I walk through whatever it is I'm going through. But I'm going to look up. And, and I'm going to be able to notice what's going on in people's lives. And maybe reach out to bring heaven a little bit closer to those that are around us. Jesus wants to have us all step out of our comfort, out of serving ourselves, and step into compassion and serving other people. And this thought came to mind as, as I really began to think practically about the, the, the steps that it takes to, to actually get out of one's comfort zone. And one of the things that came to my mind was this idea of fear. Friends, don't let the fear of someone's possible reaction stop you from actually doing something good. Isn't that what we do? But God calls us to do something good for somebody and we're like, oh, well, uh, I don't know how it's going to be received and they might and this and this. And, and we talk ourselves out of this encounter of blessing, giving hope, healing and redemption into someone's life. And it was small, but God can make it significant. Because we paid attention to the other people in our lives when they thought no one else was willing to pay attention to them. But we are ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of God when we say God does pay attention, God does care. And I'm proving it to you because I notice what's going on in your life. But think about this. Check this out, right? Stay with me. If God is calling you to do something good 
and it's good. Regardless of someone's reaction to it, is it not still good? I'm going to say that again. If God is calling you to do something good, and it is good, regardless of someone's reaction to it, it's still good, right? So we should be confident. We should be eager, excited to do good for other people. So do it. What do you have to lose, right? We, we, when we fear someone's reaction over the compulsion of doing good, that opportunity to serve is gone. So if we serve with God's heart, and we serve with, with God's love, and it goes well, yay, awesome, right? But if, if, if we serve with God's heart and it gets weird, right, or it, gets, it, it didn't go as well as we thought it would, it's still good, amen, because people are experiencing the love of God through you, through you. Your motivation of service is not based on how someone will react, or at least it shouldn't be. The, the, the motivation for serving comes from loving God and seeing how much God loves everyone else. It's not because of how they'll react. It's because you're compelled to serve them, to do good, to be a tangible expression of God's love in their lives in that moment. Right? And I have some pretty funny stories like where I, you know, trying to adopt this, live this out, right? I've, I have stories of when these small acts of kindness, they went really, really well, and they also did not go really, really well. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I was with a colleague of mine planting a church in a community, and it, you know, it's exciting and stuff, and so we're like, oh, well, well let's, let, we had this great idea. We're going to go, we're going to go around just the, the immediate perimeter of where the, the church was going to be planted, and we're just going to knock on some doors and just, we're not going to weird them out. We're just going to say, hey, this is who we are. In case you didn't know, we're going to be worshiping here, and, and we're here to serve you, right? That sounds good, and the, my colleague and I, we, we were set to go and do this, and he was less comfortable with this idea, right? And, and he knew that I had a little bit more comfort in, in not making things weird, right? And so he's like, you got to come with me and, and help me do this. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, it's going to be great. Like, it's going to be so cool and fun. The first door that we knock on, they were not so excited that we were there going to be present in the community. And it, it kind of derailed things, right? It was like, yeah, I'm going to pump myself up and then immediately get squashed. But regardless of that person's reaction, we were still doing good. We caused them no harm. We just said, hey, this is who we are. This is who we want to be for you if you will let us. I think that's what God's heart is for everyone, right? And so we kept going, and it got a little bit better over time. But that first, that first door, man, it, put, it, it took a lot of momentum out of what we were trying to do that day. But then there's also some, some small acts of kindness, simply noticing that that end up going really well. I, I remember several months ago, I, I like to go over to Alcove and, and drink coffee, of course, but, but work on my sermon or, or whatever, work on things related to the church. And and I began to notice that there was a young lady, she was, she was studying something about psychology and things, but she also has some, some faith-based resources. And, and I felt compelled, I said, just to strike up a conversation and say, hey, how's it going? What are you studying? 
and, and she told me about what she was studying, and, and I got to tell her about who I was, and, and we shared this amazing moment where we got to share our love of God. And it made it so cool to like find a, a friend, right, in the wilderness, so to speak, and, and connect with them on this level, right? And it was so amazing, and I said, you know what, it would be great for you to, to come to worship or, or maybe even come to the small group that we were having at the time, and, and sure enough, guess what? They actually showed up. Doesn't that seem so weird and counterintuitive? It's like, I just met you. I just invited you over to our house. Where's your stranger, Ginger? I'm worried about you, right? And it's like, they showed up. Her and her significant other, man, they showed up and they broke bread with us. And, and we loved on them for a very short season. But that was so exciting when we stepped into that small moment and all of a sudden it becomes a bigger moment. And I hope that each and every one of you have those moments. And if you don't, this is a great opportunity, right, to see so much more of your life as a gift of God, but also a blessing to other people. And so we want you to practice the discipline of serving. I was reading this devotional, and it, and it said this, and it hits everything that we're trying to say this morning on the head. It says, being present in people's lives always requires sacrifice, right? It's that it's that letting go. It's that creating room, right? Sacrifice doesn't need to be painful, but it, it helps us be intentional about our priorities. Oh man, this is more important, and because this is more important, I have to sacrifice something to keep that priority in its place, right? Being present in people's lives always requires sacrifice. It requires stepping outside of what will solely benefit you, our comfort zones, in order to live for the benefit of other people. That's what we want to grow in as followers of Jesus. What Jesus was able to do is he, he had that compulsion again. The need to serve others was greater than the need to serve himself. So friends, the encouragement this morning is make time for those in need. Who needs you to make time for them this week? How can you spend time with someone in need today, in need tomorrow, and in need this week? And what we're going to spend doing uh, over the next piece of our worship time together is give you a chance to apply some of this stuff, right? Maybe, maybe you just want to spend the next uh, rest of the, the worship experience this morning considering these three questions. What risk do I see in serving others? Why do I hold back from serving others? What, what do I fear is going to happen that prevents me from actually doing good in someone's life? And maybe it's about our attitude. What attitudes would I need to cultivate in order to see myself as a servant whenever and, when and wherever and from whomever the call comes? Maybe, maybe we just need to ponder these questions. And think through them. And maybe you're, I'm not ready to go serve other people and, and notice and all that stuff. I, I just need to think about where my heart is. And I think that's a great place to start because we want our heart to become like God's heart. And maybe we, we wrestle with where we are. And it's not to condemn us, but to encourage us to say God doesn't want us where we are now. God wants us so much more closer to him and closer to everyone else. So considering these questions... What we're also going to give you the opportunity to do is that uh, we have printed out these little cards. And they say, I will serve or have served this week by. 
And they should have been in your seats, I think, a, a handful of them. If, if not, I think we have some more available. But this is to help keep us intentional, right? So that we don't forget what we were thinking about in this moment by the end of the service, right? But that this can even hold us accountable and we can celebrate. In fact, what, when you fill this out, we want you to, to do it, to live it out, however God's calling you to live it, but then bring it back with you. I know we forget stuff, but put it somewhere. Put it in your purse, in your wallet, somewhere you know you won't leave it behind. And bring it and, and make this an offering to God next week in worship when you worship with us. Because it is. It, it's, it's a worship that has been expressed throughout the week. And that we offer to God and give God thanks. So we want to invite you to do that. Also, we, we have this board over here, uh, this letting go and growing deeper and going deeper. And, and we started. There's some, some uh, supplies up here that we want to be intentional about. What do I need to let go of? What is God calling me to let go of? And I can pin it to this board. And so that we can get to see it as a community. In fact, if you be so, so bold, I, I was touched by the things that, that people were, were vulnerable with sharing and putting on the board about what they needed to go with. And what I did is I ended up taking a picture of the whole board. But maybe if you wanted to come up and, and read them and, and take a picture of one, that can be your act of service to say, I don't even know who this person is because they're all anonymous. But to say, I'm going to pray for this person who, who's trying to let go of X, Y, and Z. What a blessing. What an opportunity. So we invite you to do that, to, to uh, identify what you need to let go of. Invite you to, to pray for someone and, and to pray for others. We have prayer cards located over here in the back. There are these gray cards. And if you simply just want to write your name down and, and pray over those, those people, we invite you to do that. And last but not least, if you want an opportunity to serve, not not now or, or next week, but in the weeks to come, we have Family Promise where we're hosting the, these families experiencing homelessness, and we want to bless them. So if you want to learn more about that, I know Nicole, one of our leaders, she was handing out some, some information about that, but she was going to be willing to be over by the, the sign-up board. If you have questions about what that is, what that looks like, and you're saying, you know what, I'm not sure what it means to serve in this week, but I want to commit to serving in the weeks to come. You can do that. So we're going to create some margin in your life right now, you can't avoid it, to respond in these ways. We're going to worship together. We're going to be moving around. People are going to be doing different things. That's okay. We want you to worship and respond however God is calling you to respond. Amen? Amen. Let's continue to worship. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this morning. God, where we wrestle with this idea, this radical idea of how much you love us. God, that, that you reached out toward us when we could not reach toward you. God, and when we failed, your love remained steadfast. And God, you, you call us to remain steadfast with, with the help of your son, with the help of your spirit. So God, we pray that you're speaking to people's hearts. God, with these questions, with these opportunities to let go, with these opportunities to pray, with these opportunities to serve, to be intentional, God. Not just sayers, but doers of your word, God. That is our heart. That is our prayer. And may it be so. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.